as we um, grow older and uh, have more to look back on, we end up often thinking about all the things we should or shouldn't have done. And we thought that uh, one theme uh, when we were putting this weekend together should be about regret, remorse, and resolution. And so the theme, that's the theme that uh, our two speakers will be addressing this morning. Sister Bodhipala will, Ajahn Bodhipala will um, be the first speaker, uh, and followed by Catherine. It'll be about 20 minutes each with a very short break in between, or pause in between. So I'd like to hand you over to, to Ajahn. Thank you very much indeed. Are you okay with the hands headset? Yeah. Yeah, thank you. <coughs> you can show me how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> this headset here, sister. Right here. Sister. Oh, right here. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> a form. <laughs> this morning when I woke up, I asked myself, what do you have something to tell today? It's nothing. It's scary. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think many of you know me, but I like, as a teacher, I like to introduce me a little bit short because I have 20 minutes and I got so many things to convey to you. My name is Sister Bodhipala. Bodhipala in English was the guardian of the enlightened mind given to me by my preceptor. And his name was, is Lumpo Sumeto. I'm so proud of that name. And I go back to my ordinary life. Um, I was born in Vietnam. My mother is Vietnamese. My father is Cambodian. Uh, during that time, Cambodia and Vietnam were under French colonials. So we have no uh, frontier between the two. And uh, I was born in the family of nine children. And I and the fourth one. I remember during the, when I was five years old, just skip a little bit, every summer my parents sent me to the, uh, we call it the Mekong Delta, Mekong River in the Delta. And my parents lived there. And they left us, all the children, with my grandparents. So we enjoy so much the two months yeah, vacation. Uh, one of the things striking me was I, we used to visit our great-grandfather. And in his living room, there was a beautiful coffin. This is a place where he received guests. And we were so scared but <laughs> to, to visit him. So at the entrance of the gate, we screamed, yelled at him, 
great grandfather, we are coming. So he said, who are they? Who are you? Oh, this, this, and they say, come in. So we walk and we make sure that he's there <laughs> at the living room. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, this is, it, it's still when I've grown up, I still remember that. Yeah. Uh, and then I go back, just the introduction for you to bring you back to the thing is um, like a, a stick. You don't like this? I can take a picture. Both of them, the birth and death, are the same stick. Doesn't matter where you start. But this is, if I say this is death and this is birth, if you grasp at birth, birth always happy. Yeah? So you keep happy and then you just, on the way, you, you, you don't have anything mindful. You live your life as 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 you wish as you as it come yeah and then but if you grasp this one death you know that when when you have birth the death follow it so your life will be much much better do not wait to see until you get old then you look for this but if you look at the beginning then you shape your life each day when you wake up so that's what I want to introduce you that with the coffin and then bring you back to here. Yeah? And what I'm I'm trying to do is I really refuse to talk about my past because I was trained to be present. What's a waste of time to bring the past come in? <laughs> and my children urge me also, Mom, can you write something in your past? I say, What's a waste of time? This is a good time for me to meditate rather than sit down and write. So no, mom, just for us. Uh, important or not important, you just write down. And I still refuse <laughs> to write down. Uh, because I see that the past of past, and your people now, they don't even have time. Uh, you don't, you know, i not important at all. I have my own path, you have your own path. What's the use to know my path? But I think, uh, when uh, I saw the list of um, topic of the retreat, and I saw death and dying, uh, conducted by Ajahn Amaro, I said, why the Westerner talk about death and dying? It's a natural thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's so natural, yeah, because it's already ingrained in my mind. Natural, why is that? But anyway, I put the, of, of, of curiosity, yeah, put in. But you bet, can you guess? I am the most, the one who get benefit the most. Because from doing that, and I was later on, oh, I was asked to be a presenter for you, for this, you know, three days seminar here. This is another one. What kind of thing I should do, you know? I say, okay, I take it. I accepted you know, my abodges. I said that you can do it. I didn't know that I can do it. Yeah. So through the whole thing, the whole process, what put me back to see all of my experience, my path, from the beginning until now. Now I am 72 years old. It's not young anymore, and you know, old age is keeping in. 
Yeah, it's just notice that. But what made me think more about how do I sort, even though I do not want to think of the past, but so rich that I can pick up each one of, of my experience, direct experience, to show to you what are the regret, the advantage or disadvantage of regret and remorse and the resolution. So when I talk about my past, my life, this life, uh, you pick it up. You know, what's the result? All of this was done uh, just, just if you are in my shoes, the, the expression, if you are in my shoes, you know how to walk. I'm not, I'm like you. But I was right now, I know as I guided by my actions. The action is so much energy that guide you all the time. Yeah, so I realize that so right now I'm here. Each one of us here are the result from your previous actions. You believe or not, this is the fact. That's what's written in the scripture. Since you came last Friday until now, you, we, we chant about the, um, the five object of reflection, subject of reflection. Within that, they have you are the owner of your action, born from your action, you know, and the action are your home. So this is your home. So I like you to really take it into your mind, not not for chanting, you know, and for your reflection. Yesterday, when I um, lead the puja, I also put that before you meditate, with the hope that you can take that, you know, if your mind wander around, you go back to that chanting. The hope that. You are the owner of your action, whether good or bad. You are the owner. Nobody else owns for you. You come alone. It's another second point. You come to the world alone, and you go back alone. So you are responsible of your life. Yeah. Before, before you know uh, right or wrong, was well, you were trained by your parents until education come in, then you, in, in, in outside here, 18 years old, you are responsible for your actions. No parent behind you. And you are the owner of your action. So the responsibility of you, not your husband, not your wife, not your children, not your parent, not at all. That's for sure. There are six of them in that, in that you, the, the karma, you are the owner, your karma, six of them that you need to know. So you can go back without um, wasting time for me to explain it to you. That when I was five years old, the, the, the coffin is in my mind. When I was outside of the country at 12 years old, I asked my parents to leave the country, to leave Vietnam. The fact was, I failed the entrance exam to the uh, high school. 
So the opportunity was there. Opportunity was there. My uncle and my aunt came from Cambodia to visit my father. Then I asked my parents to leave. Yeah, I asked to leave. And this is the thing that I, at that age, why I so dare to leave my parents at 12 years old, you still attach to your parents so much, especially the mother. You reach to the puberty. Uh, this is a, the time, the confusion time. You like to stay with your parents rather somewhere else. But I decide to leave the country, to leave, to, to go back, to, to go to, to, to Cambodia. This is one of the things that uh, the regret come in. One, I was blamed by my adopted parent. I regret I leave the country. Yeah? But I say, never mind. Uh, and since then, you know, I, we did not have the chance to go back to Vietnam. So I studied very hard because when I was in Vietnam, I play a lot. In the class, if they have 30 people, I am the number 29. <laughs> play all the time. <laughs> when you go to school, you walk to school, you count, you know, you look at the, the rice field around, and sometimes you see the fish of the whole school of fish, and you sit down, you stand there, watch, I arrive to school, we're late. Yeah. <laughs> and then you play, and then when the school starts, then you're tired, you fall asleep. This is how I was. <laughs> this is how I was. Yeah. And then when you, I went to, to Cambodia, I am 12 years I was 12 years old. And I was to, had to put me in the first grade. This is a shame, you know. It's, it's the first grade, only tiny kids and me. So but I study very hard. I have a tutoring. Within three years, I finished that primary school. Yeah. Yeah, and that's very funny. And then the pride come in. Pride is a part of this is not, it's not good, it's defilement. I start to not to like myself. I hate. Because why? Because I don't like French. That came in that time. I don't like Vietnamese. The only thing I like is being Cambodian. But I can do it. If I can change my blood, I will. That's that how, 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 how disliked I was. Yeah. And then this is a thing, natural thing, is that, that when you, you reach the point that you were you know, the last one in class, now you are number one in class, so it's different. So you become very proud and you know so much so much what you call arrogant come in, uh, you know, look down on other people. That's, that's you know, the thing that I saw now through that. And then the separation from me, from my parents, start getting uh, uh, bigger and bigger. And then I fall in love. This is another one. Which is not in our culture. At the four, 14 years old, that I fall in love. Yeah, very. Um, I'm not looking for this uh, monitor. <laughs> looking for a handsome man or anything. Anybody who is very 
highly educated, intelligent, this is that's it. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> and here it happened that my uh, husband was uh, my adopted father um, cousin. He's the youngest one. Yeah. But we just, you know, puppy love. I know that it is puppy love. It's nothing because your hair looks so nice and you're so intelligent. And then he has to go to continue his school uh, in Japan. So during that time, I worked so hard. Man come in, look around. I straight. I'm not looking anywhere else. <laughs> just for school. And from doing that, I always get number one. I was picked <laughs> up. So, yeah, it's just, it, it's really it really put me more and more into the mode of being arrogant, conceited. All kinds of things come in at that time. But it's so naive. I was born in the Buddhist country. Buddhism, I just take it for granted, you know, leave. it's there. It's there. You do not need to, 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 uh, to tell people that I'm Buddhist. No, it's just there. And the, the way we live is there, taking for granted. I went to the uh, monastery, just have fun, to follow my parents, just for fun, and nothing else. Uh, but the, the Cambodian at that, that age, you know, you, they they usually go to the uh, festival, or religious uh, festival, to meet boys and girls. That's what they do. The farmers, the city people, also, you know. And then, um, I jump. By the age of twenty, I got married. That's seven years between, and loaded with letters, love letters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it was so much fun when the day of my marriage. Then we we show each other the letters, you know, put into dates, synchronize it, and so that's life is so sweet. But again, things change, yeah, it change, and I. Um, my husband, um, he after the marriage, I continued school, and he continued school. He went to United States, and I failed my exam for baccalaureate degree, you know, senior high. I feel so much ashamed for always number one, and then a six. You fell, but never mind. I as you go ahead and I stay to finish to uh, uh, go back to school, but in a private school rather than uh, government school. Yeah, and then I pass, yeah. and then I left the country. Um, then we after that's in 1963. Yeah. Until '69, we went home, and then the country is already, you know, in turmoil. The corruption was so high, and the uh, 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 follow year, the following year, 1970, the king of Cambodia was disposed. You know, we were accused to be the one who disposed the king. Yeah. So we turned into a republic, Republican parties, uh, uh, 
headed by uh, one of the men who is very uh, respected by the Cambodian people. Uh, he were sent out exile in France and he came back and he became the Prime Minister of Cambodia. And after one year's working, uh, my husband became the Deputy Prime Minister. You can see how I raise up, okay? But it's not for 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 something that uh, uh, I like to show you that that you know ambitious about it. Nothing. I just show you that 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 thing. How do I do? You know, when I am in that at that that position, uh, corruption is nothing that I should not be in uh, because we both come from the poor family. We decided we got education. We come home to serve the country, not serve ourselves. If we want to serve ourselves, we stay in the United States. Yeah? It's very well paid, with a high degree, very well paid. But we decide not. We owe something to that country, so we have to give back. Yeah. Give back, he done his work. I work for as the director of the <coughs> Ministry of Culture. So my job is to be able to expand Cambodian culture, which is so good, through the whole countries and outside the country. Yeah, that's my job. So I become a civil servant. During that time, I maximize anything that I can do to help children and women yeah, and the family. So I did. Yeah, I even uh, during that time have a uh, refugees come from because the communists keep pouring in in the country except except the uh, city, the capital. But during the time before the fall, rocket come in all the time in the yeah in the uh, capital, but we still stay. So in 1975, such a until nine. Uh, what time did you start? They're going to two. It's almost over now. <laughs> <laughs> so I better wrap up. Okay. So which means all of those work that I have been done, did I think like that? I do not think. See, I had everything guided by the power of my karma. So I would like my, you can see my life. I would like to live with you as a resolution. During this life, I also practice, and I, am, I call myself as freedom fighter. When I was a lay person, freedom fighter to liberate my country from communism. Now, I am a nun. I still freedom fighter. But the object was changed to fight, to liberate the mind from the delusion. In that case, I encourage you to do it. Mm. It is true. Mm. It can be done. Mm -hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much, Sister. Um, no, I'm, I'm just sorry that we, <laughs> that we, have, we have a timetable. I know that we would have loved to have heard more. <laughs> it's, it's remorse.
see, I'm not. He's no, Mr. No. Gadget. I'm yeah, not. Okay. Ooh, this is weird. Yeah. Oh. I have a bigger head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Is it tight? No. No, no. Can you make this go a lot bigger? They should, should just clip over. Yes. A little bit lower down, a little bit lower down. Wait a minute. We'll take five minutes doing this. That's okay. No, you, you are given that five minutes. Joseph, help me. Joseph? Help me, honey. <laughs> I dress her in the, dress her in the morning. <laughs> Okay, okay, I got my ears on, but it's kind of creepy. Is this okay now? Okay, okay. Well, okay. The main thing is, do you feel comfortable? Okay. Okay, I'm getting there. Uh, good, good. <laughs> now, uh, okay, can you hear me? Hi. Thank you, Catherine. <laughs> um, before I begin, I want to uh, turn and um, say to John Amro, thank you so much for making this possible. For me to be here, thank you. And sister, thank you for sharing this space with me too. And I do have note cards. Um, there's this, uh, I know it's a, I don't know, the, I'm not really a, a scholar person, but I know this comes from a passage uh, uh, in uh, the teachings. And it's really significant, and I'll talk about that. But it goes, the days and nights are relentlessly passing. How well am I spending my time? That's a big one, isn't it? And I think that I've always kind of been... um, kind of aware of the fleetingness of life, but I, maybe it goes with the territory as we age. It gets a little bit more uh, closer to home. And uh, I'm two years to 60, and uh, supposedly that's significant uh, in terms of coming into one's wisdom. And for us women, us embracing our inner crone, right? Our and uh, the world needs us. The, ne- the world needs its elders. And we know what happens when they're disrespected. So I'm kind of like, okay, let's go. Um, and so I ask you, do you ever ask yourself this question? The days and nights are relentlessly passing. How well am I spending my time? It's a really good reflection. And sounding like Oprah, what I know for sure is that I will die. (laughs) Um, But uh, I can never know how long I've got to uh, live before I die. That's the clincher, isn't it? And if you're like me, we assume we're going to live forever or, you know, we'll decide when we're going to die. And I think that's really relatively foolish because we never know. It could happen tomorrow. It could happen next year. It could happen 10 years. So um, 
I think it's foolish to think we have any control over that or it's going to be a certain way. I don't find it helpful. Um, in fact, uh, I took a History of Buddhism course with uh, and Andy Olinsky and Musang uh, at the Berry Center for Buddhist Studies in 1997. And it was a great course because um, it was kind of this historical look uh, of, of Buddhism. And according to these two guys, uh, they planted the seed in me that uh, the human birth is the only realm in which you can up-level your consciousness. So this is the only door out of samsara. Think about that, if that's true. Um, and according to Robert Thurman, I'm sure you've heard this one, I think we forget how precious this is, and it's not a given that we get a human birth. It's like that blind sea turtle in the ocean, the vast ocean, coming up and finding the life preserver, you know? We assume it's a given we're going to have this opportunity again, and I'd like to suggest that maybe, maybe not. And so over the past uh, 24 years, I've cultivated uh, faith and confidence in following the Buddha's path of trans transformation and liberation, because I feel that it helps uh, guide my actions and my behaviors, and hopefully I continue to grow in my skillfulness, so I'm creating less suffering for myself and other people. And in doing so, um, I'm really at a point where I don't have a lot of regrets, nor a lot of remorse. And part of that, prior to even uh, stepping on the, the path, so to speak, uh, I, I must have done something good in my life. You, were, you and I were talking about that. You have a certain comma mm -hmm. that you bring into this life, and so I'm really grateful for that. Um, and so, for me, it helps me do good. Now, I know when I'm less skillful, that's the thing about wakefulness, right? You know, we know. Okay, so we do better the next time. But it kind of helps me um, stay on the path. Or I remember a retreat when Joseph was translating for Ajahn Jamnian, and he had this uh, image of this person driving in their car on the road of life. <laughs> And it's kind of like, you know, you might take a detour, but with awareness and wakefulness, you know you just took a detour, you know. <laughs> okay, so you get back on the road, or you're in a ditch, and at least you know that you're in a ditch. So, you know, you can get yourself out of there, but you keep on going. And uh, it's not that I felt like I had a big act to uh, clean up, but um, I, I do have my stuff, and... Uh, my attraction to Buddhism is because I think it's a very mature, responsible perspective. Um, and uh, we need that. And uh, I've been trying to take care of things as I go along, 
and uh, avoid putting things off because I don't know how long I have. And because I'm from Texas or the South, which is really Texas is not the South, but uh, uh, I think about, uh, I'm sure everybody knows Gone with the Wind, the movie, right? <laughs> and Miss Scarlet. Oh, I just can't be bothered right now. I, 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 I'll worry about that tomorrow, because after all, tomorrow's another day. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> And we know how Scarlet ended up. <laughs> and so, you know, it's that kind of naive perspective. Oh, oh I'm good. Oh, I'm drooling. Huh? Okay. <laughs> uh, so, you know, isn't it kind of, uh, kind of arrogant that we think that, you know, we're so sure that we'll see another day? Uh, and again, I've already said that for me, the, you know, the... Uh, that I don't feel a lot of regret or remorse because I think I've been pretty awake and aware. And if I need to ask somebody for forgiveness, I find a way to do that. And it also makes me think about, uh, you know, are there conversations in one's life that you're putting off? Are you waiting to tell someone that you love them? Um... Because we think we'll see them again, and we may not. And then you really have a lot of regret and remorse. And then sometimes you know, we if we 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 need to have that difficult conversation with somebody. Because knowingly or knowingly, uh, what they are doing is really difficult for us. And uh, what I see tends to happen. You know, are we going to uh, to carry that and allow the irritation to gnaw away at us and drain our energy? And our sense of well-being, year after year. What are we waiting for? So, you know, uh, can we attend to these sooner rather than later? Because later may never come. I'm not crying because I'm sad. Now, you have two, uh, in addition to Sister Paula, I have two really wonderful nuns here, and, and I've been inspired by some things that they said in their book, uh, The Friends Along the Path. And uh, I like what Ajahn Chandasiri says, or suggests. And she suggests that if we view ourselves as a disciple or follower of the Buddha, our duty is to be happy. Uh, to enjoy life, that being peaceful and at ease is in fact 
the fulfillment of his teaching, which we are offered for our welfare and happiness. Isn't that beautiful? But uh, the truth of the matter is, is how can we be happy if our, happy if our minds are full of regret and remorse? I mean, really. And uh, because of unskillful behaviors. So uh, the question before us seems to be that the path awaits our footsteps. And if not now, when will we commit ourselves to employing the skillful means to help alleviate, put down our suffering, and to avoid creating suffering for others? Those are the kind of questions I ask myself. Now, I just want to briefly uh, uh, share with you why I started on the path in the first place. I think that's interesting to reflect upon. Why did you begin it? And uh, basically, uh, I've always kind of felt a little bit older, like I'm an older soul, for lack of a better term, and uh, kind of... uh, came to a point in my life where I was dissatisfied, world-weary, yeah. and uh, so you would say that my suffering brought me to the door, and uh, it just so happened that after a, a life as uh, in an executive position, I uh, left and decided to be a student again. So I went to graduate school in 1988 and got my master's in counseling psychology. And of course, what was really great about this is that uh, I had the good fortune uh, to be introduced to the Dharma through Thich Nhat Hanh's teachings. I had additional good fortune to uh, study with a lay teacher, Moby Ho Phillips, who actually lived and worked in Plum Village. Uh, and she learned the language, and she married a Vietnamese man, and uh, eventually found herself back in the United States. She was a Westerner, and so that was my first teacher. So that was a, a gentle introduction. And uh, I uh, briefly um, was introduced to the Mayanan tradition, of course, through that, and Zen and Tibetan. And and eventually, um, nine years later, was introduced to Vipassana, and I found like I found my my true home or my people, my peeps. And um, also during this time um, of being a student and thinking about being a therapist, uh, I thought, well, um, until I could understand my own suffering my own difficulties, I was not going to be able to help anyone else very much but myself. You know, I mean, you got to clean up your own garbage, right? Instead of, uh, and also practice being nobody doing nothing. I wrote a whole poem about that to think about what I thought I was doing. And uh, like so many good people in our lives, they're a mirror. So it's helpful to have them around. And, um, So, I guess the most significant thing in terms of time, and I'll just be brief about this, uh, I think that 
it's very true, and I hear lots of teachers say this, you know, it's not just a quick fix to take up this practice, um, that it's a lifelong practice, and you have to hang in there to begin to see the fruits of the practice manifest in your life. And uh, one of the turning points in my life uh, that helped show that, you know, okay, I, you know, I can weather this, you know, it, this is working for me, this is helping me work with and be with whatever arises. And uh, so this turning point that was significant for me, uh, which gave me hope that I could carry on, was um, in less than one year, uh, I lost my mother to pancreatic cancer. And then I lost um, my two cats, which I love dearly. And I lost my job, and I lost my stepfather and brother-in-law in less than one year. It reminds me of a quote that goes, uh, when you're flat on the, uh, your back, the only place is t to look is up, right? Mm -hmm. Or another one, when you get to the e end of your rope, tie a knot and swing, you know? So that's pretty much what I did. But um, through all of that, um, I had a sense of, you know, inner stability. And uh, I could have acted in ways that would have increased my suffering and those around me, but uh, somehow I managed not to muck it up. Um, so... Um, in the sake of time, I'll just leave you with that. So I think you can look back on one's life and see that, you know, the practice is working. And uh, don't delay. The days and nights are relentlessly passing. How well are you spending your time? Thank you very much, Catherine, and thank you, Ajahn Bodhipala, <coughs> very heartfelt sharings. Um, I hope we take these themes um, <coughs> to the small groups and um, apply the theme to our own lives so that you can reflect on the remorse, regret that you might have about things that we all have, some regrets, because none of us are perfect. We're in an un imperfect realm in a way, and um, the small group hopefully will provide an opportunity to do some inner reflection and share whatever you feel you're able to share and hopefully bring some of it back to the larger group when we meet again in an hour's time. <coughs>